0: on this episode of the playbook i have the incredible shiv kemka he is the vice chairman of the sun group and he works with me on the entrepreneurship sports generation tv in india and we're going to talk about how to use sports as a backdrop a bug light to empower the world join me for all this and more on the playbook this is entrepreneurs the playbook where each week I bring you some of the greatest athletes, celebrities, and entrepreneurs to talk about their personal and professional playbook to success and what made them champions on the field and in the boardroom. I'm your host, David Meltzer. I am so excited. I have a mentor of mine, a partner, associate from around the world, Shiv Kemka. He's the vice chairman of Sun Group, chairman of the Global Education and Leadership Foundation, and working with me on the ESG and ESG-TV partnership that we have for the Entrepreneur Sports Generation in India. Shiv, welcome to The Playbook.
1: Thanks, Dave. I'm delighted to be on and very excited. Thank
0: you. You know, it's so interesting because you're what I call a hyper-academic, a world thought leader uh, in your own respect, and also a world business uh, person with that perspective but yet you know as you move from renewable energy oil and gas gold mining real estate private equity all the different areas that you and I have both been involved with for years and years somehow we both end up in entrepreneur sports realm <laughs> <laughs> what 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 is the importance of utilizing sports as a backdrop to entrepreneurship
1: I, you know I've always felt, Dave, that entrepreneurship was always considered a little a little bit of an elite world where you know you had to have gone to the right schools, you have to be in the right city in Silicon Valley or in you know Bangalore, especially tech entrepreneurship. And you know there's a sense that it's a kind of closed world slightly. Um, and i I think that given the problems of the planet today, we have huge problems. And I think given those problems, it's really a challenge for us to address those problems uh, at scale. Because, you know, job creation, for example, is something that I worry about. We need to create over a billion jobs in the next decade. Entrepreneurs create jobs faster than anyone else, better than anyone else. And entrepreneurs can also help solve the sustainable development goals issues and, you know, everything to do with ESG. And so for me, it's about how do we broaden the Fan base of entrepreneurs? How do we get more people to be entrepreneurs? How do we make people feel it's easy to be an entrepreneur? You know, if you want to play football or cricket or tennis, that doesn't mean you're going to be at the NFL or at the World Cup, but you can still play. You can go out in the garden, you can play, you can put up a team. And I want, I believe that sports is the great unifier. It connects people at all levels, whether they're young or old. There's a fun element to it, it's collaborative competition. And I feel that entrepreneurship should be looked at with the same lens. And that's what draws me really to the combination of entrepreneurship and sports. And me
0: as well. What was interesting when we got introduced is I look for iconic uh, partners that are more in the perception of bug light, meaning they understand that sport itself is a bug light. It attracts people, but you have to have the content, you have to have the creativity, the curiosity, and the value behind the bug light, or else people will not only, you know, not be attracted, but they'll actually be repelled uh, from what we're doing. And it's so important to do that. And you've been able to carry that higher frequency to provide the value. I'll give you an example. Uh, a lot of people, I was blessed to run Lee Steinberg, sports and entertainment, one of the most notable sports agencies in America. And they based the movie, Jerry Maguire, about Lee and our firm. And people will ask, well, you know, what's your favorite sports movie of all time? And ironically, they'll say Jerry Maguire. Now, Jerry Maguire wasn't a sports movie. It to me is the epitome of what you and I are doing with ESG and understanding the bug light concept because Jerry Maguire was a love story that used sports to get men to go to a movie about being a love story and then the wives and the women loved the movie that was supposedly about sports and it all worked out really well. I think that's exactly what we're doing to change and impact the world we're using sports as a backdrop, a bug light in order to not only attract, but allow us to connect to not only the emotional side, but the value of what we're doing. What do you think the greatest value of the entrepreneur uh, trend that's going on today? Where do you see our greatest value or impact of empowering these entrepreneurs worldwide?
1: So I think the world is facing some difficult challenges ahead. You know, it's always faced difficult challenges, but particularly today, given the scale of the population, the scale of the connectivity, the scale of what the industrial revolution has brought in the last couple of hundred years, what's happening with climate, what's happening with inequity, what's happening with job creation. uh, I think there's some real challenges. And to me, entrepreneurship is about a mindset. It's about a mindset which allows people to see through a problem to the other side of the problem. Uh, Peter Diamandis talks about abundance, the other side of the entrepreneurship technology challenge. And I believe in that very much. I think there's a world of abundance, the other side of the problems. There's only one critical condition that we have to work as a team to do it. And hence, again, the sports analogy. If we all keep working in little silos, trying to do our own thing for ourselves, I think we're going to miss the boat. Uh, So I think it's really important to bring that entrepreneurial mindset and then to connect those minds together so they take on the challenge. I mean, the US is the greatest example of that on the planet. The things you all have done over the years to create an entrepreneurship ecosystem, to bring great ideas to light, you know, sending man to the moon was an example of that, for example. So I think that concept of bringing minds together, entrepreneurial minds, but not just in a country, not just in the US, globally, Bringing everyone together to say, look, climate change is not a US problem. It's not an Indian problem. It's a global problem. And we all need to do our bit and figure out how are we going to work as a team to solve these problems. And so I think, you know, if we take some of the big challenges of our times, the way I look at them climate change, inequity, you know, 8% of the planet owns 83% of the planet's wealth. That's not good. That's not going to survive uh, too long. And it's not about equalizing, uh, uh, you know, Uh, equalizing, I'm not a communist, (laughs) I don't believe that everyone should get the same thing, but at least people should get opportunity. And that equality of opportunity needs to be spread globally. I think that's very important. And I think technology will allow us to do that. And I do believe job creation is a big issue. How are we going to create enough jobs? COVID has affected job creation. I think the recession that underlies this malaise for the last few years in the economy I think will create a bigger loss of jobs, particularly in companies that are not connected to the technology world. And finally, I think technology itself will destroy tens if not hundreds of millions of jobs around the world and give opportunity for hundreds of millions more. But do we have the system to re-educate, to reskill the people who lose their jobs in the old economy to actually take the jobs in the new economy? So those are some of the big challenges I see. And I think the entrepreneurial mindset, if it's harnessed correctly by all of us, we can really make a difference. And it's not about governments and it's not about the private sector. It's not about the social sector. It's not about the media sector. It's about all of us as a team coming together and trying to figure this out.
0: You know, learning from you and uh, throughout the years, it's interesting because several things come to mind. One is just the simple aspect of problems and needs. And, you know, entrepreneurs, especially through sports are capable of solving problems and filling needs. And, you know, that's a huge deal in the world. And then you mentioned this one, which is extraordinary because I think, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer is one of my mentors as well. And he talks about changing the way that we look at things and the things we look at change. Uh, Options and opportunity actually gives us a perception of freedom. When people feel there's opportunity and options, they feel free. When you take away the opportunity and you take away our choices, our options, uh, like you said, we we don't feel free. So it's not a matter of every, you know, I believe there's enough of everything for everyone. I'm an abundant thinker. I think we have everything we need. But regardless of whether you believe you're right where you're supposed to be or not, if you have these options and opportunities, Uh, Then we can have the creative forces, the expressions of genius come through us to serve all. Um, You know, one little entrepreneurial venture can change an entire, you know, you were in the oil and gas industry. And I always said, you know, it's interesting. The the shortage of fossil fuels doesn't bother me because I I had faith in entrepreneurs and it was like, that's the wrong way to look at it. David said it's really not. I just think that someday we'll harness the power from the sun and we won't need any of these fossil fuels. Uh, The same thing with extracting clean water. uh, And Bill Gates is showing us that, you know, we might even be able to shade ourselves uh, from from the sun. One entrepreneur, one thing can change everything for you. Where's the greatest? Uh, need to provide more Where's What problem needs to be solved the most? What should we prioritize? Because I think a lot of people get overwhelmed with A to Z, you know, we got to solve all this. Oh my gosh, where's the one bite that you feel people should be looking at to, to have the most impact?
1: So I always believe in, you know, doing what I believe in, uh, Dave. So what we are working on as a group, we were in hydrocarbons, we're moving Uh, forward from hydrocarbons to renewable energy, to uh, the energy transition, uh, to everything to do with the energy transition. So to me, that is where I believe we need to focus, because energy fuels economies, fuels economic growth, and the energies of the past need to be redesigned uh, and put into a new format, which will be, you know, sustainable, climate-centric, and allow us to live better lives in the future. So we're doing a lot of work on electric mobility, on electric vehicle battery technology, solid state batteries. We've just made an investment into a great company there. Uh, We are investing in, uh, you know, battery technology metals. So everything to do with the energy transition. Uh, We're looking at green hydrogen. So we're doing a bunch of things that will allow us to say we did our part. You know, obviously as a small, tiny investor group, We can't do too much, but we believe we can play our part. And as you said, you know, every entrepreneur can make a difference. And I think that's really important. But to me, the core thing, if you said to me what's really even more core than the energy transition, I would really say it's our education system and the values framework that underlies our education system. And that's a harder challenge in a way to solve than even the energy transition. Because the energy transition, lots of people are doing, they understand it. You know, Tesla has become You know, a a trillion dollar company because it's, you know, showing what can happen if you get the right ideas and you can create the right vision of a future energy uh, world, a future world of energy with new types of technologies that inhabit it. But to me, the key is values. And the values need to be values that are values of ethics, values of altruism with an entrepreneurial mindset, values that say, look, this is our world. Uh, We don't want to live in our little, you know, I I can sit in my country and say, this is my country. I don't care about the rest of the world. But I think those days are over because, unfortunately, everything we do affects everything else. Supply chains. You saw what happened in the Suez Canal. The canal, one ship turned the wrong way, got stuck, and suddenly the world lost, you know, tens of billions of dollars of value, you know, in, in a few days. So, the world. We need to become responsible for the world. We need, need to become global citizens at our core, and I think that's about re-educating and not just education with a small e, which is you know math, science, etc., but education of values and the education with a big e, which says, look, we are uh, you know one human race on the planet, and we need to be open-minded and help others that are not as like, successful or lucky as we are, and uh, you know I think all of us need to play our part in that. Transformation of mindset. So, we have a foundation which has a curriculum for ethical leadership, for example, which now reaches 3 million kids in 14 countries. We want to grow that to 100 million kids in the next few years. Uh, we're working on this entrepreneurship sports generation project with you and many others, which is about really creating a global open platform to bring people together to collaborate, to solve problems together, and to recognize those who are doing great things and to do it in a fun way and connect people through sports. It's
0: amazing. You know, it seems to be common sense and we're in a chasm of unity. As you suggested, the world is coming together, whether it be from us as a whole uh, in the world, having to question our existence because of the pandemic for the first time, every single soul on Earth has to question their own existence to social media, which connects us daily. uh, There are no borders or boundaries or immigration uh, you know, all the way to, as you know, the last mile and how we're able to share product services and solutions so quickly, um, and with value, but yet throughout my entire life, you know, I was born like you and I can tell by the schools that you went to, uh, that, you know, education is the thing that's most important, right? When we expand our mind, we expand our universe and it's bewildering to me that when we need money for education, Everybody argues that there's no money for education, but you know, here in America, it was no problem finding three trillion dollars uh, to stop the pandemic. Uh, you know, I just wish you know when I was in my 20s that I had the influence that I had now to direct our economic forces to expand. You know, imagine if we put three trillion dollars in America alone towards education, there there so would have been no no problem. Everything. You change everything. And it, and it seems so simple. <laughs> Last true. question, real quick. Why why do you think people are so resistant, you know, to making that investment in self in, in education?
1: I think I think the payback is too long. I think the mm. payback comes 25 years later. Political cycles are short. They want to show quick infrastructure. They want to show what they did, you know, and, and I think to wait 25 years to say I did something that took 25 years to achieve is just a long lead time. And so people always put that back and put that off. And I think it's a huge mistake because if you do look at countries that 50 years ago started on the track of really focusing on education, like South Korea or Japan or other countries, you can see what they've done to their economies. Uh, To me, it's really a travesty that on the planet you still have things like illiteracy. There's no need, need to have illiteracy today with, all the technology that's available and all the uh, you know access and everything else but we still have illiteracy today we still have people that can't read can't write can't do basic mathematics and therefore are actually you know knowledge poor and therefore they are actually in a different society they cannot get the jobs of today let alone the jobs of tomorrow the jobs of tomorrow are going to be heavily tilted towards people that are very well educated and so i'm i i'm glad that to see that what's happening with edtech for example, I'm on the board of edX, as started by my friend Anand Agarwal at MIT. Brilliant, 100 million students around the world. Uh, you know, and I can see a lot of people now moving in that direction. Um, I'm on the board of Junior Achievement worldwide. Again, doing incredible things all <laughs> over the planet. And uh, you know, I think we're this younger generation will shake things up. I'm very hopeful about the younger generation. But we need to allow them the freedom and the tools to be able to actually do what needs to be done. And I think the COVID situation has also been a, a big wake-up call for all of us uh, in terms of reassessing values, reassessing what it means to lead what we used to consider normal lives. And uh, I think it's a time for self-evaluation and reconsidering our values and then taking those internal values and through our mindset, you know, putting them into the external world, having the tools I think it's very important for people to have a sense of agency, that they can actually change things. And entrepreneurship is all about agency, right? As an entrepreneur, you can do things. You're not not a victim of anything. You're there to solve problems. And whether it's in the area of business, politics, the social sector, media, technology, arts, I think that bringing these values through the lens of an agency entrepreneurship mindset into action is what we need to do. And I think education is fundamental.
0: And that's what we're trying to do with ESG, ESG ESGTV, is utilize the education as a catalyst to help expand, grow, and accelerate our understanding and our forgiveness and accountability to all the things that we uh, have to change in order for us to actually survive. Um, As Chief Chancellor of Junior Achievement University and someone who appreciates all that you do for Junior Achievement, which I also think is so important. Uh, I'm gonna end with what I think is a great lesson my mom had shared with me. And she always said, when I was thinking about dropping out of law school and I had to take loans and we were in a recession in America, no jobs, and you know so much worry and stress like many students have today. And she just said, you think education is expensive, try ignorance.
1: <laughs> so true, so true. Absolutely. You know, education is fundamental, it's critical. And I do think that we also need to reinvent what education means uh, in terms of allowing people the freedom to educate, you know, through micro degrees, micro courses, and all the things that are happening, a lot of interesting things happening with uh, in the ed tech space. So I think it's going to be a very interesting time in the coming years. I am
0: very optimistic, especially with leaders like you. Well, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Playbook as much as me. On a personal note, I just wanted to thank everyone for making The Playbook such a success. Don't forget to continue it by sharing, subscribing, and listening to your
1: favorite episodes. This is Dave Meltzer with The Playbook.